Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hello! We're live. Hey! Episode 30. You have to do the sound effect. Uh, episode, I don't, what's the sound effect for episode 30? I feel like when I turned 30, it was not like a happy occasion. I had a tough time with it. Oh, so, no. Oh, I'm like, I'm fine with it now. Like, I'm fine with it now. But like when the days leading up to 30, which is like, it's like, ah, I'm 30 now. It's like 30. And some of our, some of the young fans won't understand. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I get like I'm probably gonna go through it again at 40, and then maybe like 45, and then 50, and then from then on it's just whatever. But yeah. for some reason, 30 freaked me out a little bit. But um, really, I loved it. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was. I did I have remember. some blackout moments, so. Uh oh. Okay, that's all good. There you go. Oh, they brew. they enjoyed it. They yeah, bruise bruise all about blues all about partying. How uh, old yeah, is 30. Brew? Is he 30? Yeah, he's well. He's way older, older than that. He's ten, I think. Oh yeah, so he's he, like, I remember those years, <laughs> right? He's like, shut up about thirty. We can get to seventy, then we can talk. <laughs> no, we did a. Uh, he was a um, a. What do they call those? In like senior citizen dog adoption kind of. Deal. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, senior dogs, yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, he's mad that we're talking about thirty like it's old. Uh, but no, thirty episodes is uh, quite an accomplishment. Uh, since again, we've only had what like five, six games, um, but we're we're here. How is it going? Going How's your good, week? really good. It's Wednesday, Hump Day, and uh, I'm taking Friday off again to go to the beach. So tomorrow's my Friday, and I'm having a drink. What are you having tonight? Um, I'm just having bullet on the rocks. Ooh, very nice. I'm gonna have a claw back up here. Oh, Not just you. in case. Yeah, once this I, is done. I am doing sorry, I'm adjusting my volume. Um Modern Times just released their uh Hefeweizen. Mm. I don't know if you can it's like super glary, but it's a hef, it's like a German hef, bananas, cloves, something a little mm. bit lighter. Usually it's an IPA, but I just like I'm in like a, a lighter mood. I need to like lighten myself up. I don't need that heavy hop right now. That'll be for another time, maybe this weekend. It's cooled off too, so like you know, it doesn't feel like you need super, super crazy like Pilsner or whatever, you know. No, it's just like one step away from that though. It's a very like nice summer evening beverage. It reminds mm-hmm. me of like right after I got back from studying abroad. I drank a lot of German hefts because it was mm-hmm. like I could it was cheap enough that I can buy it, but like not the crazy expensive, like the back in the day stone. So it was like that middle ground of like, I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's and pick up some some nice Franzisch Connor, if you will. And so <laughs> uh these German hefts, I know Mission Brewing makes a great one. Uh they kind of bring back these happy memories of of I don't want to say childhood, but like late college, summertime nerding out about music and i'm nerding out about soccer yeah that's awesome we uh we you know soccer beer food that's those are our themes right and can we talk a little bit about last weekend just a little bit Uh, do we have to yes we probably should (laughs) 
Um, I guess it was more. Like, I was more exciting than like the night match. Okay, like like the day started really good. Okay, for me at least. Oh, what I don't remember what happened. I I tend to forget <laughs> things like FA cups and the Carabao energy drink cup and <laughs> Europa League, like you know the things that don't really matter to the like real like who's a Europa League. Okay. No, but in, well, the, in, there's three <laughs> things. Okay, okay, two one. Right. Okay. Great. Pulisic scored. Awesome. Sucks about his injury, but I couldn't root for him. Okay. Great that Chelsea scored first because I think that helped us actually come back. Um, the second thing is that uh, two one is like my normal prediction, right? So like I that's my thing. So they won two. Great. The third thing was showing up to the local match still in my Arsenal jersey with my bruised banana face mask. And, you know, Jordan Carruth, um, Andrew was like, oh, are you still drunk? Like, you showed up late. Like, what happened? <laughs> it was awesome to know that these people know that I am, like, really happy about what happened like it was awesome so uh yes i'm still gonna remind everyone that we won our 14th fa cup they should rename it but that's another topic um <laughs> no, and that's the thing like i i'm not like crazy fandom when it comes to like i'll banter away but I have enough friends and or family members that are fans of literally all of the t big six and even like some crystal palace. There's a guy I work with. That's like a big Newcastle fan. Cause I guess that's where he came from. I have a band dad that really likes Sheffield, not United Sheffield Wednesday, I think is one of his teams. So, Oh, Tony, what about Tony? I think that's, isn't that a movie? What about anyway? Um, I am always, I'm happier when my team wins, but I also can enjoy that when my friends are happy that their team wins. So congratulations on a 42nd or whatever FA cup win. Um, I know that's a big thing for Arsenal. It's like part of their tradition um, and they've won it crazy amounts of time. So uh, congratulations on reaching that pinnacle. I know it's tough sometimes unless you're man city and you get like division, like championships and league two teams until the final. Um, no, it was, a, it was a fun match to watch for the most part, but um, I said my piece about what I thought of the officiating. I thought it kind of took away from what the teams were doing. Um, I would like to see a better match, but congratulations nonetheless. But Sacramento, let's talk about this, this slugfest. Um, anything <laughs> that stood out to you? I mean, there were some things that went well. Um, yeah. Anything that stood out to you that you want to highlight? Yeah. Um, Clementa getting the start. Uh, I think um, him with Stoneman is a good combo. I know we love Joe says no greens fan, um, mm -hmm. but I think um, that's a good way to relieve some pressure on Joe. I, I don't know what exactly happened with him. I know he's, resting, but you know, we have a lot of matches coming up. So it's nice to see that Clementa can come in and, and replace uh, Joe in there in the back and really keep our back line solid. Uh, and I think it helped that Clemente used to play for Sacramento. So 
mm-hmm. maybe there was a little bit of banter going on. I mean, there it was really chippy, like mm-hmm. lots of mm-hmm. lots of arguing. You know, like I did show up a little late, um, but um, Tony, hi Tony, I know he's watching. Tony did say that you know it was very uh, uh, very active in terms of the crap being talked between the clubs. So. <laughs> That was uh, really nice to see. Um, yeah, I think Clementa really, really stood out there to me. I know Stoman has played the whole time, um, every match. So, you know, he's still going to be a solid force, I think, in the back. But Clemento's my guy. Um, obviously, with the usuals, Charlie Adams and, and Jack Metcalf. Um, I don't know about – I think Colin Martin definitely stepped up again. I know we talked about this last week, too. Um, and I think he's just getting better. So yeah. those are my highlights. Um, I think one of the, the things to point out about Stoneman, I think they said this on one of the broadcasts, was Stoneman has an experience playing on a three-man backline, And I think that speaks to um, why he's so valuable in that kind of center of the three. Um, you could you also see them adjust to when they're playing five at the back uh, that – Clementa and Joe when he's playing um, they rotate in and around a little bit um, and now you have instead of Joe being in the middle Joe's sliding a little bit toward that back post um, and if you have that five you can kind of cheat a little bit closer so Stoneman can step up and then um, you have Joe in the middle or Clementa I thought Clementa looked really nice um, but that's the thing it's like do you put him in instead of a uh, Joe Greenspan as a starter, I would say not unless Joe's injured. Uh, do you put him in front of Grant Stoneman right now, even though Grant Stoneman's playing really well? I think what it shows is just that that depth that's really going to be really, really important down the stretch. Um, as games get postponed and canceled and moved, some teams, we're going to talk about this later, some teams are playing like tons of games in a short period of time. Yeah. And the more people we have that we can put on that back line is, is great. Um, our defensive record is fantastic. Um, another, I mean, a clean sheet is always something to celebrate. It's always a good thing, especially in West, the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that really stood out to me that went well is there were a couple chances that we gave up to Sacramento, but they were like, they were good chances. They weren't like great chances. It wasn't like yeah. against, against Real Monarchs where they missed sitters. It was... You know, there was a uh, Cameron Awasa came in with a header uh, that was Ugh. right at Kempen. Yeah, there was some like there was some decent looks, but when you play Sacramento, they average like twenty shots a match leading up to this match, and now I think this past match they were at uh, 11. eleven shots. Yeah, yeah. So they cut their average in half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got five with two on target. They got three on target, but what you can see kind of what. Landon Donovan and Nate Miller trying to do with the team mm-hmm. and it's solidify the defense and then you know hold on to possession and then wait for your moment they're really patient but last Saturday uh there was a couple moments where we might have had a chance I think there was a um a Jack Metcalf shot that was a really good shot uh Toomey almost had a crossover but like a last ditch tackle that kept him out so I think there's really good things that happened on the defensive end and we can celebrate that. Uh, but things that didn't go well. Um, I think there's one big thing that didn't go well. Yeah, um, please. 
More goals, please. (laughs) And in a Western conference where you're up against a Phoenix, that's that score. Like they can score with their eyes closed against orange County. It has offensive power. Having a good defense in a normal season would be great in a shortened season with every three points matter. Mm-hmm. You know, what else did you see that maybe needs to be improved? Bruce says he's Bruce agrees more goals, but anything else that you saw out there that maybe needs to be looked at? Um, I mean, I think it's the, 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 you know, the last, the front, you know, the front of the, of the, whoever's playing up there. Like it, I don't see any cohesion in, behind that. I think there was like one or one good play from Metcalf over across into the middle that I remember was like, okay, like this looks like it's been practiced well in, you know, like consistently, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're controlling the mid middle and that is, was a problem um, in their first match back, but I think they've gotten a little bit better at that. Um, That's it. Like the attacking is just kind of like, what are you doing? When are we going to get there? You know, I mean, when you only have five shots, you know, when you're, you're controlling the possession, like 58, 42, the whole time, like you need to have a little bit more shots, you know, how to, how does Sacramento have 11 shots and they only had the ball 42%, you know? So. Yeah. The first half was much better. I think possession chances, like the second half, they had one shot, wasn't on target. Uh, 49% possession. I think they really gave it up to Sacramento a little bit after the first half. Like Sacramento came out pretty heavy mm-hmm. in that second half. Um, I thought, you know, a, a draw out of this is a little bit lucky. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, Sacramento, um, that second half definitely did a lot to try and get that three points. Um, and that's a little bit concerning that the second half was as lackluster as it was. Sacramento had a lot of the ball, had a lot of the momentum, whereas Loyal really had some moments early and late in the first half and just didn't capitalize. And I think that's, I think one of the big things, I think, um, who was it? Adams. Adams was talking about on the way off the pitch was like, we just need to like capitalize on when we have our opportunities and this has been the theme so far in this early season really good back line but not capitalizing on the chances that's what you know that's what kept them uh that's what dropped three points against los dos mm-hmm. um i think you know you look at the te- games that you're able to win with you know your team your games against tacoma uh your game against las vegas is you were able to take advantage of those opportunities when you had them um and that's what got you the three points um six goals for four goals against in six games is not going to get it done when only two teams advance right right and the orange county is uh, hot on our trail i guess I mean, they haven't played as many matches, so we'll see. We have to hope that they don't. Get yeah, they've played. Out. They played three games, scored two, let in one, two draws and a win. Um, they were supposed to play Los Dos on Friday, that got moved. Uh, so their next match is next Wednesday against us. Um, so 
We have a lot to prove over the next uh, three matches in two weeks, and we'll get into those games next week. Brew disagrees; says he wants to talk yes. about them right now. But um, any things <laughs> that you anything that you noticed at the match? People talking to each other. Um, <laughs> any information? Um, what did you notice um, at the match as far as um, kind of the vibe of the game? How the coaching staff. Um, engaged the players on the pitch in the middle or yeah. during the match um i think uh so at the i don't know which match it was either the last one before or the first one back they were yelling 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 second ball second ball like they would lose the ball and they would get it back but this time they weren't yelling that as much and i don't know if it i mean i noticed it from the first match um and i don't know if they were winning them back because well, obviously our possession was a little bit better than Republic, but um, the refs, it's the same. I think it's the same minus one person from last week. They were paying attention to like the coaches, like yelling on the field, you know, their foul language, you know, kind of like talking about what they were talking to their players or getting upset with like the rough play and the chippiness. Um, And they were really focused on the coaches and the benches um, and not, really looking at the match, I think. I mean, there was one, a few of them where it was kind of like, what are you doing? Like, why do you care? Well, especially those challenges against Kempen, but like, I don't know. Um, I think the, um, you know, Landon getting a yellow was kind of hilarious because, I mean, he was <laughs> he was pretty upset uh, about that um, challenge on Kempen, but um yeah, I mean, I didn't see. I I heard that the uh, Republic, what's his name, the coach Griggs, Briggs um, for Republic, he um, was definitely more upset with Republic than our coaches were loyal. So I don't know what that means. If that tells you anything about the match, um, it definitely uh, weighed on, or it was obvious to me that he was not happy with how they were playing. Um, so take that with a grain of salt, kind of figure out maybe they, he expected more from them and wanted them to, you know, really step on our throats. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was very surprised at some of the um, questionable play of Sacramento during this match. Um, I think anytime a keeper is in their six, um, there's an expectation that they're a little bit protected. Um, and that was not the case. This is essentially kind of the quarterback of the NFL kind of deal where you try to protect them a little bit more because they are exposed in ways that other players aren't on the on the field, in the mm. football, on the pitch and soccer. Um, I was a little bit more upset about the slide into Kempen uh, wow. than I was about the jump into Kempen. Um, that one for sure was a hard foul uh, and probably shouldn't happen. Um the first one, though, I thought was really uh, over the top as far as sliding studs in. Um, st- sliding studs in is a problem regardless, let alone you're sliding st- studs in to a goalkeeper diving onto the ball where you're exposing a keeper's face uh, to those studs. Um, do I think he sh- I- either of those should have been a red card? Um, I think I w- it would have been a it would have been a tough red. Um, on either of those. I don't think either of those are going to be red cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, 
you know, if they're maybe they're getting frustrated because they can't score and now they're going to go physically uh, go after the keeper and try to put them off. Um, a la uh, Ramos in the, uh, you wrote not Europa, a champions league where, you know, you get a little bit physical with the goalie and try to put them off his mat, put them on his game. And I know that's part of the part of the game, but you got to do it in a way that's not as blatant as there's a clear ball that the goalie's going to get and you're going to go and jump into him. Um, yeah, I think if this is like the championship in England, I saw this uh, this past weekend in one of the games where that same thing happened, and the guy was like, "Ah, it's fine, no, no card, no card." Um, but I think in this league, uh, you got to make sure you're protecting your players. Um, yeah, and the other thing I want to talk about is Elijah Martin. Um, it looked yeah, like, as, yeah, it w- it looked like more of like an illness, like a stomach mm-hmm. thing. Um, he powered through. Um, I respect the heck out of Elijah Martin as a human being and as a player. Um, yeah. As far as his game, if like taking the illness out, it probably wasn't his best game. I think he would admit that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he was able to power through and and put in put in the work, yeah, um, and then come back out and try again, like he didn't leave until the fifty seventh minute. I thought he was going to yeah. be done at halftime. Right. Um, yeah. He's in pictures training. So it's good to see that he's mm-hmm. back um, in the team. And um, so anything you want to say about Elijah Martin? Um, Elijah, we're with you and it sucked to see you like that, but uh, I'm sure you'll be back fine. Uh, it, it, he didn't play what what I saw him the week before. So, you know, it was really hot last week, weekend, Friday, Saturday. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, um, dehydration or, you know combination of many things i don't know right. but i'm i'm i trust that he's he's okay and he'll we'll be back on saturday against the lights really good right. <laughs> so yeah um man of the match um hmm. this is a tough one i think i'm gonna go clementa just to switch it up uh, that was the direction I was leaning to. I think anytime you kind of step into Joe Greenspan's role and do a fantastic job, um, obviously John Kempen at this point could get man of the match every match for yeah. there's a couple of good saves that he put on some of those shots on target. Um, I think he just, he, he really is aggressive. Um, and it's, I think it gives the back line um, an even bigger boost of confidence knowing that someone who's that good is behind you that if you make a mistake he can bail you out um and you know i think between the two of those gentlemen emra and john um i think both of them had a fantastic game i would agree emra clement is probably my man of the match as well i know jack metcalf won the vote um and that's not a bad shout either uh, but i think emra stepping into a role again for an injured Joe Greenspan just shows um, and not missing a beat. It didn't feel like we were missing anything. Um, I think that shows how, how good Emmer Clementa is and can be. Um, and he really stepped it up against his old uh, team. Speaking of playing old teammates, um, Para gets to face this old team yet again um, yes. on Saturday, August 8th against the lights. Um, what are you looking forward to? Uh, goals. <laughs> More goals, please. You hear that, loyal? 
um, no, I think um, going to Vegas will be a, a cool thing for them to, you know, one, get on the road and actually play a match. So fingers crossed it doesn't get canceled or postponed or whatever it is. Um, I think we did really well against Lights. Obviously, we won that one. Um, so we'll see. I, I think um, Mendiola is always going to be a, a point. He's on that. He's on lights, right? He yep. went from us. Yeah. So we'll see how it how it happens. I wonder if Parra gets the start because he got the start on the road versus Real Monarch. So I don't know. Yeah. And Las Vegas is not doing well uh, right now. Um, they are. Uh, they lost again to Reno. Uh, they are at the bottom of our group. Um, they're not a team you want to sleep on. They're usually pretty good at home, although who knows because there's no fans, there's no craziness. So home field advantage is probably not as strong as you would um, imagine. Um, they used one sub last match, and um, they lost 1-0, kind of got outplayed by... Um, I shouldn't say outplayed. Had 20 shots on goal. Uh, sorry, shots, six on target. Um, but Reno ended up scoring in the 18th minute and then holding on. Um, so it's going to be a tough match. Um, I think Las Vegas and San Diego are starting to kind of build a little bit of history with each other. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Efren Burgos, um, who came off the bench again, he doesn't seem like he wants. he's getting a start. Um, Brian De La Fuente, obviously what you talked about, Raul Mendiola, uh, Ramon Martin Del Campo in the back line. Their goalkeeper is pretty good. Um, so they're not a easy rollover win, uh, but I am hoping that we can put another 2-1 victory in against them, and I'm sure you're <laughs> probably going to pick the same thing, right? Yes, I'm sticking with it. It has to be. I have to be doing that. Um, no, I think, um, you know, there's there's never like a rollover team. I don't think that exists in especially in the shortened season. It's not um, it's not smart. I've seen it happen in football, like American football, to and even like footy. You know, so I think it's just uh, not smart to really think that these people are rollovers um, because we're not scoring that many goals. Um, so one goal could make a huge difference. So. Um, my my hope is that they score more goals and come away with three points. So, yeah, we just need to be a little bit more creative. And I think Vegas is a team that we can do that against, where you can kind of uh, open up a little bit more. I think we respected Sacramento a little bit too much. I think we were sitting back and then trying to uh, hold the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think we can take it to Las Vegas and kind of build that momentum. Uh, cause our next, <laughs> our next games are going to be tough. We get Vegas, but then we get OC Phoenix, Reno, OC. Those are the next four games after that. So we really got to fine tune things on this match, uh, mm-hmm. and get things really going and clicking. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to against Las Vegas is that figuring out finally the offense and making sure that we can continue that week after week. You said to one sticking with it. Win. 
Mm-hmm. Sticking with 2-1. I also like a 2-1 victory. I would like a clean sheet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vegas does have an ability to get um, goals against San Diego for some reason. Uh, f- two of those four goals are from Vegas. Uh, so I don't. I would like to see a clean sheet, and I will be ecstatic if there's a clean sheet. Um, but um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to give up a goal, uh, whether that that's a con- controversial penalty or not. Um, mm. <laughs> um, Maybe that would be interesting, though. Maybe like another, Mendiola or something. Hmm. Another another random handball. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vegas is one of those teams that always looks a little rough, but then manages to pull out some random random win here or there. Um, they've been tough at home in the past, um, and I think they played Reno pretty well, um, but Reno was able to get a goal, um, and they kept them off. And that's what we need to do. We need to continue to keep those clean sheets. Um, speaking of rollover teams, I think the only rollover team right now in the West is Portland Timbers 2. Um, they have lost and they've given up <laughs> six goals, three goals, four goals, and four goals. Um, they are not doing well. Play them. We should play them. I wish. <laughs> uh, no, Phoenix got to play them. Uh, so good for them. That was their first match. Uh, but no, no one else. I don't think anyone else in our group plays. Portland, unfortunately for us. Oh, LA gets Portland. So sorry, that's going to hurt us. But I think they're pretty much the only pushover team. But again, if you think teams are pushovers, uh, just look at Philadelphia Union, who was like got destroyed and six nothing by the Riverhounds and four nothing by the Riverhounds. They beat New York Red Bulls two, three to two um, today. So again, this has been a really weird season. And mm-hmm. anything can happen. And teams that you don't think have a chance of winning can win. Teams that you don't think have a chance of losing will lose. Um, the other issue in uh, the league right now are game postponements. Um, they just announced, um, well, Orange County was supposed to play um, L.A. on uh, Friday, and mm-hmm. that got postponed. Right. I believe LA and Fe- uh, LA and Phoenix match uh, that was supposed to happen uh, was moved to a different date. Uh, so now I believe the statistic is um, Los Dos um, now has to play twelve games in forty-five days, um, and <laughs> I think it's um, and I think it's an appropriate time to ask. Yeah. Do we start looking at having teams forfeit if they can't put a team on the pitch that is COVID free? Um, what are your thoughts, Marissa? Um, I mean, obviously, safety is number one. Um, I think this is a really tough thing to. I mean, I need to know how that happened. Who was at fault? Where'd they go? Was there a baby shower they went to? You know, what's going on? You know what I mean? Because it's a bigger picture here. Because if that's happening and you're doing that and you're not following protocols, like, 
you're affecting so many more things, not just a match, not a soccer match, but like all the other people infect, uh, affected by this, you know? So if I were Los Dos, I would uh, consider forfeits. Um, but considering how they've been playing, I have a very high uh, suspicion that they will not forfeit these. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I always go back to uh, taking a look at player safety. It's always about player safety. If you are making decisions based on what's best for the players, um, you're going to be making the best decision for the game. And I think Austin had some issues with this as well. Um, in in their season, they had to postpone a bunch. They've only played three matches as well. Uh, Miami FC, the sorry, the Miami FC has only played two matches. Um, at some point, um, you're going to have to be playing significantly more matches than everybody else, and that gets into player safety as well. I know the big thing is you want to keep players safe from COVID, but if you have players playing that frequently, um, mm -hmm. that's not great for them. It's also not great for the sport either because now you're dealing with uh, injuries. You're dealing with rosters that are depleted. Um, you're dealing with a low dose team that might end up throwing up Academy kids that are 15, 16 years, years old who have mm -hmm. no business playing in the USL, not because yeah. they're not talented, but mm -hmm. because they're just not ready. And, right. and for potential me, injury that could affect their long-term career, you know, so right. many other things. So I think the league and the teams need to start having a discussion about we either elongating the season, which probably won't happen, but elongating the season or saying, if you get to a point where there are no more Wednesday, Saturdays, we're going to have to talk about forfeiting because now Los Dos 12 games in 40 something days. What happens if something happens again? Yeah. And now you're moving more games. Mm -hmm. So now you get in it. To me, it, we need to start having a discussion of either forfeiting games or teams do what Orlando Pride and the NWSL did or Nashville and um, was it Chicago in MLS mm, yeah. where they just don't play. They don't participate anymore. Mm -hmm. And we have a couple divisions in the West that have five teams mm -hmm. and maybe LA just says, hey, thanks but no thanks we'll we're done we'll drop out how do you feel about a team if they decide to drop out i mean like, i don't know if that comes from the league or the comes from the team i think the team selfishly will want to play as much as they can right um but the league needs to step in when it comes to that because your your player safety, not just for COVID, player safety for injuries, potential injuries, you know, all of this extra traveling potentially. Like if I know we're only 90 minutes, 110 minutes from LA, but if the match is on a Tuesday, but we have a Friday match, like that's messing up our flow and God forbid they win that match. Well, how is that fair? If that's, not a schedule that's been predetermined, you know? Right. Um, 
just speaking from experience in the NPSL, when we had to, when like a team didn't show up or the refs weren't there or something, because that stuff happens in lower leagues because right. <laughs> there's not as much organization or whatever. But, um, you know, it was, it was up to the clubs to decide what happened. And, you know, a lot of the times the club just forfeited because they weren't that good. But in this case, Los Dos have, have won matches. So, I don't know. I, I think you, if it happens again, you almost have to be like cut your losses and just, I mean, you're not making any money. I don't think with this because fans aren't there. Right. So what is, what is the purpose of you continuing in this? Cause on the flip side, like orange County, for example, orange County travels to Sacramento. They're mm-hmm. on the pitch about ready to start. Mm-hmm. They get word that Los Dos has positive Sacramento just played uh yeah. la so sacramento mm-hmm. says hey we didn't have anybody positive but mm-hmm. we're not sure with the incub- in incubation period we're going to yeah. postpone so now orange county travels up to sacramento they're about ready to start the game like the game was postponed like less than an hour before the yeah. game was going to happen <laughs> and then now orange county goes without a match yeah and then la says hey it hasn't been quite 14 days so mm-hmm. we're postpone their August seventh match. So now Orange County, no fault of their own, no no positive playing, uh, no positives as far okay. as I know and what we've been told. Um, there now, two games had to be postponed, and they went from July twenty fifth to August twelfth without a match. Like this is the other side of the coin. Is yeah, you have teams that yeah we have health issues. We're going to postpone. But what about those other teams that are now having to deal with the fallout? And now Orange County, through no fault of their own, is also going to have an impacted schedule. Because, again, they don't play again until next Wednesday. And now they still have two games to fit in um, before you know between now and October 3rd. So right. now Orange County is dealing with a huge amount of games and they have to worry about their depth and injuries. Um, so is it really fair to those teams as well? Um, and that, that's why I think we need to start getting into, do we forfeit games? Because now it's putting at teams who are doing everything like San Diego is doing everything right. They're put at a disadvantage now if they yeah. have to reschedule games. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, San Diego hasn't had to really deal with that yet, mm-hmm. um, the way that Orange County and LA have, or Austin has. But, and we the, have the expenses though, like even just right. paying for the bus to go up there and like coordinating. I'm sure that Lizzie coordinated <laughs> foods and like all, you know, like and I'm I'm just speaking from experience at like when I we did the NPSL, like that happened a lot. Right. And it was always, and it could happen. And it was, I mean, not a lot. No, I'm lying. It didn't happen a lot, but it could have happened a lot. It happened one time that we were all up in Chino and it was like, okay, what do we do? We just spent half our, like our whole day prepping in the morning, stopping to get food, right. you know, doing all this stuff. And then we don't play. Um, okay. So you forfeit. And then it was a fight. Like, no, we're going to reschedule this. No, you're going to forfeit because we're not going to come back up and spend this double money unless you're reimbursing us. And I don't know if the league steps in. I don't know what type of uh, authority they have. (laughs) 
when it comes to that, if they have some financial support, because every club I'm sure is struggling when it comes to financials. Right. Um, and that, you know, I'm thinking about that, like that's wasted time. And, you know, again, like I mentioned before, the schedule, like, okay, if we have to travel up on a Wednesday, meanwhile, we thought those last three matches with uh, OC and uh, Phoenix on both, you know, the last three matches, like, oh, we have to fit a lowest dose in there at some point. How? How yeah. is that going to happen? You know? And so. then you, you set up your rotation where, hey, we have Phoenix. Um, we have uh, Phoenix at the end of the season and you mm-hmm. set up your rotation to be successful. And now all of a sudden, instead of playing Phoenix twice, you play Phoenix, LA Phoenix. And now maybe that Phoenix match that you thought you might be able to get a couple points from now you're playing on tired legs and maybe they get a rest and it changes the entire dynamic of the season. Um, I would just like to see some type of dialogue in saying this is getting to a point where we have to do something and it doesn't feel like that dialogue's happening in the public and maybe it's happening behind the scenes and great. Hmm. Um, but it doesn't feel like there's that conversation happening yet. Hmm. Um, but I would not be surprised uh, if by the end of the season, we either have a forfeit or a team uh, dropping out of the competition altogether. I'm um, just saying, Hey, we can't, we're not going to be able to finish. Um, we should make bets on who that team is. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm... Sacramento, but no, I mean, that's a different group, but um, yeah, Portland. Bye. We should like do like a survivor, like vote you vote you're voted out of the group. Sorry. Right. I mean, if we can vote if we can vote Phoenix out of our group, I'd be happy. Move them to group C and right? let them deal with them. Um really fun. Hmm, maybe we should do a simulation. Okay. Anyways. And because of cancel matches, uh, we only have one other group B match this week, uh, which is a big one. It's kind of a budding rivalry oh cool soccer wants to know what is marissa wearing oh cool soccer you uh we're not here in the beginning i'm wearing maryland bobcats fc they are part of upsl uh npsl out of maryland uh they were doing a giveaway a couple months ago and i i won this jersey and it's like the maryland flag you could see it like it's cool yeah and that's designed by one of our uh show sponsors yeah Icarus, Icarus FC. FC. Yep. Um, check them out. They do. Does, uh, Icarus does a really good job. Um, they do kits for like fake leagues, but they also do them for a lot of lower league teams. And they do such a phenomenal job creating mm-hmm. really cool looking kits um, to um, get. They design them for those teams. Um, fantastic. I think they're out of Pennsylvania. Um yeah. And they do custom kits. Uh, they're that one of our uh, ad sponsors at the end of the show, if you ever listen to the end of the podcast. But we're going to do like a little fake mini ad read in the middle, uh, unplanned. Uh, IcarusFC.com. Um, if you have a group that wants to do a custom kit, they're fantastic. Um, they look really sharp. Uh, they're really responsive uh, to designs. Um, and they do some, um, some pretty good work. Uh, so check them out, IcarusFC.com. Um, they are one of our sponsors, so I will say that as um, <laughs> yeah, I, I also have, endorse. I have three, three Icarus or three or four Icarus uh, jerseys. So I have two of the 
the OG Mesopotamian League uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I have this one and then um, my Phil- Providence uh, City one also I think is Icarus I don't know for sure um, and Los Dos um, they did uh, Los Dos did cancel they moved they postponed the Orange County and I believe they postponed their match against Phoenix as well um, and I think that's just because of the same uh, COVID outbreak that happened um, last week. I think there's some concerns that there's some uh, lingering health issues and they want to, uh, out of, quote, an abundance of caution, um, I think that's like USL 2020 colon an abundance of caution. The new normal. Um, yeah, they're postponing those matches to a later date. I think they've already picked a date for the, the Phoenix match. Um, I think that's the 19th of August um, and they're postponing their orange County match. Um, so yeah, Los Dos um, has more games postponed uh, than wins. Um, I mean, they have three wins, but they have four games that have been uh, postponed or moved um, or in the case of Sacramento, orange County, they Los Dos was the reason why a game that doesn't involve Los Dos got canceled. Um <laughs> So we only have one other Group B match uh, because of that Orange County Los Dos game being canceled. Um, he wants to know if we have make updates yet. No, I don't think so. Not that um, I know of. I haven't seen anything, but I can check the website right now. Do you now. think there's like a chess move? Maybe like um, like the other team that had to travel. And like, didn't cancel that the one that wasn't COVID y, like, is kind of like not rescheduling to the it hope that they forfeit. Looks like they put it on September 23rd in between those two Phoenix matches. So that's where it looks like it was placed. But yeah, July what if 19th. It doesn't matter by that time. Do they play it? Yes. Uh, September 9th is the originally scheduled one. And I think they moved the Los Dos match from earlier to Wednesday, September 23rd. That looks like the date looking at the schedule. Night um, Looks like the schedule because it used to be Orange County, Phoenix, Phoenix to end, but now we have Los Dos uh, in between those two Phoenix matches. So it's Saturday, Wednesday, Wednesday, which is fine. You get a week in between that Los Dos and the Phoenix match. So uh, that's fine. Um, The schedule still looks fine. Uh, for San Diego, it doesn't feel like it's too impacted. Um, usually during USL seasons, you get a couple Saturday, Wednesday, Saturdays. I think you get like two, uh, one or two per season. Uh, so it's not unnatural to have some of those. Uh, and we still only have, um, we still only have two: a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, August eighth, twelfth, and fifteenth, which is a mm-hmm. terrible because it's <laughs> OC back to back OC in Phoenix. Um, and then uh, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Orange County, LA, Orange County, which will be tough. Um, and then Wednesday or Saturday, Wednesday, Phoenix, Los Dos. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit tough, but not um, out of the ordinary. It's not like Los Dos' schedule. Um, Chris just texted me. He said his prediction is 3 1 uh, loyal over lights. Um, oh, hey, Chris. He, he sends his apologies. Um, and uh, he just had a bunch of work come up that he has to um, has to uh, handle. So he sends his uh, his regards and his uh, 
regrets, if you will. If this was a wedding invitation, he sent his regrets. Uh, we always miss Chris when he's here or when he's not here because he usually gives us some pretty good uh, smoothie, apple, ca- a- apple, kale, peach shenanigan drinks. Uh, but yeah. he just sent in his uh, prediction. Uh, if you want, if you want to comment in your prediction for the San Diego Las Vegas match, please do so. Uh, but Saturday, Phoenix also plays New Mexico. This is a budding rivalry. Uh, Phoenix fans hate New Mexico fans. Uh, Fe- uh, New Mexico fans hate Phoenix fans. Um, and I don't think either of them have won in regular in regulation. I think there are always draws. Um, so this is a budding rivalry in USL, um, and we want to pick who we think is going to win, um, Phoenix or New Mexico. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with New Mexico because Chris is in New Mexico, and I'm going to side with him. So. Um, I think the score for that will be three two. Ooh, three two. That's a um, that's a big big uh, prediction. How about you? Um, Chris just texted me and said Phoenix, New Mexico, two two draw. Um, he wants to see that continue. Um, I, I think Phoenix has something to prove this season. Um, yeah. and I think I'm I'm gonna. To make sure we have one of each, you say New Mexico 3-2, Chris says draw. Uh, I'm going to pick Phoenix here. Uh, I'm going to agree with our friend um, who just commented with a 3-1 Phoenix victory here. Um, Mm. Again, I think Phoenix has something to prove. Um, I would like New Mexico to win uh, for the purposes of uh, the loyal uh, or loyal, sorry, not the loyal. We've had this discussion on the two balls well, and the mic. Watch along. It, San Diego loyal, not the loyal, just loyal. It could be the loyal. They deserve it could be. the the it could if be. they if they win something this year. Uh, I think it boils down to if uh, New Mexico can figure out some defense. Um, they have a, sh- a chance. That's always been New Mexico's Achilles heel is their defensive uh, abilities to keep teams off of the board. Um, I'm not convinced on that quite yet, but this is the game that can convince me that New Mexico is uh, no joke. Um, I think New Mexico is a top 10 team in the USL right now, uh, borderline top 10 team. Uh, but Phoenix right now is definitely a uh, top five for sure. Uh, so I'm going to go with a 3-1 uh, victory for Phoenix. I think they break the draws. Um, we have some comments from uh, some people. Two uh, one loyal from Tony Freak. Uh, <laughs> That's Tony. <laughs> and um, Jason Holleran has a two nil loyal. I would love to see a clean sheet and two goals. Like to me, yeah. that would be ideal. Like if they two nil clean sheet, great. Uh, Brew agrees. He brew yes. is like brew is like a connoisseur of clean sheets. Like, yeah, yeah. give him a clean sheet, he'll be happy <laughs> any day. Uh, but yeah, I think Phoenix right now has a lot to prove. The two games against Orange County didn't go the way they wanted them to go, um, and the history between Phoenix and New Mexico um, <laughs> is borderline Michigan, Ohio State. Not quite that historic, uh, but that amount of dislike for each other 
Uh, it is a dislike. It's not like banter. It's they don't like each other. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Phoenix has something to prove. I would like to see them lose to New Mexico because uh, then I will banter on the internet along with Chris like nobody's business. Um, <laughs> but I, I think right now Phoenix has uh, too much for New Mexico. Um, and that's it. That's the only other group B match. Uh, Orange County doesn't play till next Wednesday. Um, oh, yeah. Should we talk about what we're doing next week, potentially? Or we'll be on Tuesday for sure, Whether whatever we're doing, right? Yeah, we're going to reach out to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast guys um, to see if we want to do some type of crossover episode to really highlight the Orange County match and get some insight. Um, we have Orange County um on wednesday next week so we will not be going wednesday because we will not be recording during the match uh and then we get phoenix on the weekend uh so we're gonna try and work out some uh shenanigans to bring in some guests to break down some of those two teams um maybe reaching out to some of the phoenix folks uh early episode but we will keep you guys posted um this is gonna be a long uh, these next four games are gonna be um season making or breaking i think mm-hmm. um yeah. this is going to be a tough four games um once uh, vegas oc phoenix reno oc uh, between now and the end of the month so uh, lots to look forward to lots of really good soccer to watch um a little bit light this week as far as um games in group b uh but they're going to come hot and heavy this next couple weeks and it's going to be really fun to see uh, loyal compete against some of the best teams in USL. Um, Marissa, where can we find you? You can find me at hashtag Marissa spelled out. And uh, I want to shout out Chris, who's not able to make it tonight by Chris Walker. That's capital by capital Chris and Walker's capital. Where can we find you, Alan? A Underwood 40 on the Twitter machines. Um, yes. Please drop by and say hello. Tell me on how I'm dumb and don't understand anything. Um, uh, I appreciate oh, that. Uh, the that. Phoenix fans certainly do from time to time. Um, but uh, I made up for it on the USL show by saying that Orange County is better than them right now. So uh, we will call it even. Um, please make sure you hit subscribe so you know when we go live. Um, hot and heavy, like hot and ready. Yes, exactly like Little Caesar's Pizza. Um, <laughs> hopefully not as disappointing. Hopefully not as disappointing. Um, but definitely, you walk in, you pay five dollars, and you get to walk out with hopefully a loyal victory. Uh, it's a dry heat in Phoenix. <sighs> I mean, I I love my people in Phoenix, but how they survive in like 120 degree weather? I can't even take 80. 80. I'm like, nope. Turn on turn on the fan let's yeah. get some like window ac going like right. <laughs> 80 85 is like pushing it 90 is like this is miserable and they go another 30 to, i think at that point your body's just like whatever i give up right. i give up um no i i do talk a lot of smack about phoenix but there's a lot of good people out there um for the most part um so we're gonna try and find a couple of them to join us next week um and then reach out to orange county because this next week um Next week's going to be fun. Uh, So thanks for stopping by tonight, guys, and gals, and um, people who don't um, have a name on their YouTube. Um, (laughs) Any of you. All you folks with with an X. Um, Thanks for stopping by. Um, We'll see you guys next time. We'll see you out there, and um, have a great week. 
This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.